What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Kitchen Warriors podcast. It's Brent here again, uh, wishing you all the cooking happiness in the world. I hope your day is just great and you're absolutely crushing it, or your evening has just been absolutely fantastic. So today we're going into episode five, where we look at uh, the topic of how does the media affect the hospitality industry, and is it good or is it bad? Uh, we're going to be looking at such things as the old school versus the nude school, the old school of, uh, you know, restaurant critics having all the power, the newspapers, the magazines, the food guides, the Michelin guide, these sorts of things, as well as the new school, which is all social media, restaurant review websites, Facebook, Instagram, uh, foodies, like who are the foodies, what the hell is a foodie, uh, and, you know, in the end, how does a chef or a restaurant deal with all of this? How do they take into consideration all of these things and still have happy guests? So stay tuned, guys. And we're going to get into it in just a sec. Hey guys, just a quick little plug before we get into today's episode and topic, uh, as well as doing uh, uh, the restaurant game and all these things I've got going on. I also have a little uh, a little uh, business that I started on the side, just a little side hustle. Uh, it's the Kitchen Warriors brand. Uh, if you head on over to uh, Facebook and search at Kitchen Warriors Store, uh, you'll see our Facebook page. You're obviously listening to the Kitchen Warriors podcast. Um, you can also head on over to www.kitchen-warriors.com. That's www.kitchen-warriors.com. Uh, it's a little uh, clothing and apparel business, um, a little thing that I started on the side, good bit of fun, good quality uh, uh, clothing manufactured in the USA and in Europe. Uh, no cheap Chinese knockoff shit, not interested in that. Uh, we do snapbacks, trucker hats, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, a lot of cool shit over there. And uh, it's just some good stuff to uh, uh, rep your profession, do your mise en place with day-to-day stuff, hang out in on the weekend, really cool stuff. Um, so head on over to www.kitchen-warriors.com and, uh, and yeah, let's get into today's episode. All right, Kitchen Warriors, welcome to episode five of the Kitchen Warrior podcast. Today's topic is how does the media affect the hospitality industry? Is it good or is it bad? Um, This is a big topic. This is a big topic. This could be a big episode, but I'll try and be as uh, precise and, and, and informative as I can of the knowledge that I do have of this sort of topic. Um, you know, the, the media being, uh, you know, to get your voice out there, to get your restaurant out there that people know it's know you, it's not just a matter of just opening your doors and there'll be guests there. Like, if nobody knows where you're located, if nobody knows, uh, uh, you know, where your restaurant is or whatever that is, you know, like if nobody knows you, if nobody knows who you are, well, you know, you're going to go broken about, you know, you're fucking broken like a week, you know? <laughs> um, so the media is necessary and what the media is, is other people coming in and whether it be leaving a review, whether it be taking photos and showing it to friends, whether it be, uh, magazines, newspapers, uh, TV, uh, you know, these days of the internet, there's a multitude of things, uh, 
uh, review websites, Facebook, Instagram, social media, all these kinds of things. Like that's all the media, you know, like, and if your restaurant isn't present or if your business isn't present or your kitchen or whatever the fuck it might be, if it's not present in the media, well, you're not present full stop. You know, if you're not present in media, then people don't know who the fuck you are, where you are, what you do and how you do it. And it's that simple, you know? <clears throat> so maybe what the uh, best way to get into it is if we look at the old school, um, what I like to call the old school. So the old school of, you know, restaurant and hospitality media were the, was the newspapers, the magazines, the, you know, I'm from Australia, so, you know, the good food guide, uh, you know, of course, you know, worldwide, although they're not in Australia, which I don't know why, it's a bit fucking disappointing, but the Michelin Guide in Europe and America and mostly through Asia now, like the Michelin Guide, um, you know, uh, World's 50 Best Restaurants by Restaurant Magazine, you know, like that's that's in that, even though it's kind of hip at the moment, you know, the fact that it's Restaurant Magazine, it, it's an old school kind of vibe. And what these, uh, you know, what these old school things were made up of is, is predominantly restaurant critics, journalists, restaurant critics, uh, you know, journalists that had an interest in food and maybe knew a lot about food or maybe had a, a, a in their past they were involved in food and hospitality and they were restaurant critics and they used to write reviews or they used to write uh, articles about, you know, uh, Restaurants, hotels, places to eat, all these sorts of things. Like the Michelin Guide originally started in France as a travel guide for uh, tourists and people wanting to travel around the country on vacation. And it was just an extra, you know, uh, it, w- it was part of the, 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 the tour guide that told you, you know, if you're going to go to this uh, town or city or whatever, here's a few nice places to eat. Or here's a, here's a few nice places to eat. Here's a few places that are really, you know, uh, what do they say, like worth the stop. And then there's, you know, here's a few places, three Michelin stars, it's exceptional cuisine, you know. And... The thing in the, you know, the, the part of the old school, which was, you know, I guess back in the sort of 80s, 90s and, and early to mid 2000s is the old school like ruled the hospitality world, you know, and, uh, you know, I've read so many articles and seen so many documentaries of how the old school media, how these magazines, newspapers, restaurant guides, Michelin guides, things like that, how they absolutely like fucking sunk restaurants, you know, and you know, if we go into the topic of like, is it good? Is it bad? Like in weighing up the options of all these, you know, different kinds of media, like fuck me, that was bad, you know, because, uh, I watched, uh, uh, where was it? Some documentary. And I know the, the clip's been broken up and it's all over YouTube and stuff, but like Marco Pierre White's like, you know, the first thing you have to realize if you're going to be a chef, uh, or even, you know, a chef restaurateur or whatever it is, you need to understand and realize that the people that you're, you're cooking dinner for every night or the people that you're serving every day or cooking food for every day, they know less about food than you do. And it's so true. Like, and, and I guess that's where maybe you, know, you kind of get this arrogant chef mentality, but at the same time, it, it is so true. Uh, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing, you know, like we have a lot of people come into my restaurant and ask like, oh, wow, that was so delicious. Like, how do you do that? You know, like, how do you make that? And that, and that's really cool, you know, because it's, it's educational and it's, and it's gets them, it gets the guest involved and they're interested and, and I love that, you know, 
But at the same time, you then get the other end of the spectrum where the guest already comes in and, and, and they've, you know, they've splashed a bit of cash at a few, you know, well-reviewed, maybe Michelin starred or whatever restaurants. And they think that they know, like they think that just because they've spent, you know, because they've got that dispensable, uh, quote unquote, fuck you money to spend at good establishments or establishments that ask for a higher price, they believe that they know better, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck? And, but it's the same thing with a lot of chefs that I've worked with that, that have only ever worked in, you know, the places that have a high ticket price and, you know, they've got the truffles and the foie gras and, you know, all the crazy expensive shit and, you know, cost you, you know, a month's savings to go and eat dinner there. They also have this attitude, well, I know better because I've cooked stuff that's more expensive. And, and it's so untrue, you know, this, that, that old school way of looking at it, it, it's so, it's such a load of fucking bullshit, you know, um, so that's the bad thing about that, and, and, and what used to happen in the old school is that, you know, you've got this critic coming in that's, that's, uh, writing a review or writing an article about your restaurant or your hotel or your established food establishment, whatever it is, and, you know, your restaurant is being, uh, uh, interpreted by the vast majority of the public based on one person's opinion. Like, is that not fucked up or is that not fucked up? You know, like one person, like the old school way of doing things is that one person's opinion could completely fucking sink you, you know? And it's like, I've never ever really gotten over that, you know? Like I really have never ever really gotten over that, which means that one person's interpretation of good food could really, like, they have this interpretation of what good food and good service and and, and good hospitality is. And if you don't live up to that expectation or what they believe is good, then they'll fucking trash you. Like, they'll fucking rubbish you in their paper or their their newspaper column or their fucking food guide or whatever. Like, they'll rubbish you. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, tell me the checklist of what good hospitality is. Because, you know... I've been in hospitality for 13, 14 years now, and it's like I've worked in shitloads of different concepts and, 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 and done a lot of different uh, uh, interpretations of hospitality, street food, you know, cafes, bars, restaurants, high end, low, and everything. And I've worked in some magnificent places that are, that are cheap and cost effective, cheap and cheerful great service, great uh, mentality, great vibe, great food, fantastic, and it only cost me, you know, fucking $15, and then I've gone into restaurants that were shit, the staff were arrogant, the food was pretentious, it was stuffy and old in there, like, it was a bad vibe and everything in the restaurant, uh, it's very well regarded because it's got, you know, these high-end, high-ticket items on their menus and their drinks cards, and it cost me, you know, fucking three or $400 to eat there, and it, I left, like, disappointed, I was like, fuck that, man, you know, and, and that's the thing, it's like, what is the rule book, like, where's the rule book that says that, you know, if you follow these steps or if you tick these boxes, you you're good, like you, you make the grade, you know, and I, I think that's fucked up, because everybody has their own interpretation, like what good food and, and good service and good hospitality is to one person might be shit to another person, like, and that's why that person B doesn't eat at that establishment, because it's not for them, you know, and it, I just think it's so fucked up, like how the old school used to work, and I'm, and I'm, I'm actually kind of happy that, you know, 
by the time I started cooking, that old school has started to fade out, you know, quite significantly. Um, and to touch on that a little bit further, you know, like when I first started cooking, you know, and, you know, idolized seeing Gordon Ramsay and, and, and Muckapier Wyatt and these guys, um, Heston Blumenthal, like all these English guys where it's all Michelin, like Michelin, 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 like three stars, three stars, only, you know, only ever go for three stars. And I was so all about Michelin guide and wow, awesome. But the older, like the more I matured as a, as a cook and the more I got into it and, and, and dove deeper into what the Michelin guide is, it's a rule book. Like it's a set of criteria, which, which is fine because I think by now a lot of people know that it's a set of criteria. Like if they pass the Michelin, Michelin guides, you know, high standards because they are, you know, they, they are high standards, but at the same time, a lot of them are unrealistic. But if you tick all the boxes, then you get this star and you tick a few more boxes and you get the second star. And, and I think that's just a little bit too subjective for me. Like, now I'm not really interested in that whatsoever. Like, I just think it's a little too subjective. Like, just because, you know, the the food's plated nicely and it, and it tastes relatively well and, and, and the wine that's paired with the dish is from fucking 1985 and the waiter, you know, uh, the waiters put down the dishes at the same time and they, they replace your cutlery with a fucking a velvet glove on so you don't leave a fingerprint on the cutlery. Like... For fuck's sake, you know, like, what are you paying for? Are you paying for what you're going there to do, which is to eat and drink and have a good time and enjoy yourself? Or are you paying for that fucking velvet glove? Are you paying for that silver cutlery? Are you paying for that fucking, you know, uh, $50 fucking crystal glassware? You know, like, what are you actually paying for? And and with that, like, like... Is that what the Michelin Guide is? Is it is it uh, is it style over substance? Like I don't know. Like the older I've got, the more I've started to question all these things really critically, and and decided like, is this the direction I want to go in? You know. So, and again with the Michelin Guide, they used to fucking sink restaurants. Like restaurants would get one, maybe two stars, and then have a bit of a shit year, or or you know, as all restaurants do, and they lose a star, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're. Uh, their sales and their and their turnover and bookings and reservations like plummet to less than half than what they were the year before when they had two stars and that's so fucked up like people shouldn't be so fucking subjective where they eat like or or take someone else's opinion over their own like just go there and fucking try it like you might surprise yourself you know that, that you might actually like it you know or if you don't like it well fine cross it off your fucking list and don't come back you know like I, I got a big, big, you know, it's a very personal subject for me, you know, and maybe it's a, very personal for other people as well, but, I mean, that way of looking at food and hospitality is just so subjective and fucked up because who's to say that that Michelin inspector had any prior uh, food experience or hospitality experience before he got the gig at fucking Michelin? Like, what the fuck? And and that's what goes back to, to Marco Pierre White's statement of, like, you know, you need to understand, which a lot of us have trouble with, and I personally have trouble with, but you need to understand that the people that are eating your food or, or that are dining at your restaurant, they know less about dining and hospitality and food than you do. And you just have to accept it because that's just the fucking way it is, you know? And 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 it's hard when it gets to that level, you know, where people just, you know, will rubbish you because they think that, you know... uh 
the Cabernet grape is 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 far sh- like shitter or worse than Pinot Noir, and and they're gonna rubbish your wine list because you don't have a Pinot Noir on your wine list, or or you know they uh, they think that salmon is far superior to fucking I don't know Arctic char or or or, or cod or fucking you know barramundi or whatever, and they and they're gonna rubbish your restaurant because there wasn't any salmon, and they consider salmon to be you know high end. I mean on on the wine topic. We got a comment from a, a guest last night at the restaurant that he asked for a Sauvignon Blanc, and we don't have any Sauvignon Blancs on our wine list. You know, we got a very simple wine list, and in the the town that we're in, there's fucking Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir everywhere. So we don't serve Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir. You know, like we 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 still have some Chardonnays, which there's a lot everywhere. But you know, started talking to him about a few different grapes and everything, and he's like he's like, but you know, this is a pretty fine restaurant. Like, why don't you have any Sauvignon Blanc on the rest on the wine card? It's like. Cause we fucking don't want to, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really, I'm really humbled that you think this is a fine restaurant. But, you know, not all fine restaurants have got fucking Savion Blanc on the fucking wine card. You know, like, fuck, man. So it's it's really crazy, you know. Um, but you know, back in the day, you know, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, you know, these these critics and these and these guidebooks, they did have all the power and. You know, I watched a documentary about uh, uh, a French chef called uh, Bernard Grazol. And, uh, you know, he was freaking out in, in uh, I think it was the early 90s or whenever it was, because they'd had a bad year and there was talk around town that they were going to lose their third star. The guy got a fucking shotgun and blew his fucking head off because he thought he was going to lose his third Michelin star and, and, you know, his life had ended. It's like, fuck, man, like... Probably one of the best chefs of that generation blew his fucking head off because he thought he was going to lose his third star. He hadn't lost it yet, but there was plenty of hot gossip saying he was going to lose the like lose his third star. And it's like, what the fuck? And in actual fact, you know, he didn't lose the fucking third star. And this in in, in that uh, uh, restaurant, which I can't remember the name of, uh, it's in the south of France, like. They still have fucking three stars to this day. Like, what the fuck? So it's like the hospitality industry lost, you know, a pioneer of that generation, of that decade, because of the thought of losing a Michelin star. Like, what the fuck have we come to when it gets to that level that people are willing to get a fucking shotgun and blow their fucking head off because they think they're going to lose, you know, one star rating? Like, fuck me, guys, you know? Like, and that, that, is, that is a big, 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 big problem that I have with this old school mentality and the the positive note is that this old school mentality has been fading out and and with especially with the big you know blast on the internet and the the digital age and everything not everyone is reading these guidebooks anymore which is so relieving like and it's so good like because fuck man it's it's crazy it's such such a waste like such such a waste but you know, again, that's just my fucking opinion, you know, take it or leave it, but, you know, if you disagree or whatever, like, I'd love to hear it, but, I mean, fuck, like, a, that's just one example of a guy committing suicide because one of these guidebooks, you know, uh, uh, there was gossip that one of these guidebooks might have thought he wasn't that good anymore, like, fuck me, man, like, what a fucking waste, you know, but that's my fucking 10 cents worth on that. So, moving forward, if we look at the new school, so the new school being the digital media age, so... Uh, you know, social media, obviously, Facebook, Instagram uh, being the big ones in our industry because uh, food 
and uh, hospitality is very visual and very exciting. They fit well on those social platforms. And just a, a Snapchat as well is really good, uh, but that's more for the fucking you know youngsters. So if you if you've got a young uh, crowd at your restaurant and and a young following, then you should definitely be on Snapchat. Um, and just on that really quickly, I mean, like technology is not slowing down, guys. So you know, even if you even if you have the old school still held very highly, uh, that you respect the old school. Like I, I respect the old school. I respect the old fucking magazines and the mission. Like they do, you know, it is a, it is a good, uh, 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 yeah, guide for lack of a better term. Like it is a good, uh, uh, idea. If you read the review, you get a good idea for a good sense for a place, but it's not the be all and end all. But if you do have, hold these guidebooks in a higher regard. I can't strongly suggest enough to you that you get on fucking social media because technology is not fucking slowing down. You know, there's the 60 year old grandmas on fucking Facebook and Instagram these days, you know, so it's not slowing down. And for you to be present and for you to be successful in hospitality, you need to be on social media. That's just fucking cut and dry, you know? Um, but with this social media age, uh, we've seen the rise of foodies, and maybe people, you know, some of you guys out there have heard of them before. Maybe some of you haven't. Uh, there was a short documentary. I don't know if you can download it anymore. I don't know. It's floating around the internet somewhere called Foodies. And you get a bit of an insight of some of these, like, you know, really crazy people. But basically, there's uh, people that make their living on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, just traveling around the world and eating at restaurants and just documenting, uh, or on a blog even, and just documenting their experience. So, uh, you know, a lot of the time they're like people that have a lot of money and they've got nothing else to do, but, you know, that's their thing. And the thing with foodies is that if they have, if they have enough respect and they have enough uh, of a following, I, I don't believe it's 100% true, but it is to an extent that the foodies are the new critics because it's not that a foodie coming and rubbishing your restaurant can uh, sink your restaurant, but it can have an impact. You know, it definitely can have an impact. And with that as well, besides these guys that, you know, have these, uh, you know, uh, blogs and, and vlogs and all these sorts of things on, on, on social media and these big social media followings because they're eating everywhere all over the world and it's exciting to watch and all these sorts of things. As well as that, uh, and with that, you have these uh, review websites the the Yelps, the Zomatos, the TripAdvisors, the uh, what's a couple of others? If I pull up the fucking computer here, I was looking at it just before. Um, I don't look into it that much, but oh no, I dropped it. Now. But yeah, review website. I mean, I'm sure any of you guys listening have heard of these. Like TripAdvisor, everybody fucking knows, you know. And again, it's not a hundred percent like it used to be, but it definitely has an impact that. Uh, websites like TripAdvisor, like Yelp, they do have an impact. Like they are, you know, anybody can be a fucking food critic or a foodie these days because all they need is a fucking uh, TripAdvisor account. All they need is a Yelp account or a Zomato account. Um, and and that's it. They go, they eat at the place, they see that the place has got, you know, a, a profile or whatever and they search the place and then they leave a fucking one-star review and say it was a shithole. And it's like, seriously? Like, for fuck's sake, like, come on, you know? Like, and, and especially I, with my restaurant, I like to read the comments a lot. 
Um, oh, and by the way, you can do this on uh, you can do this on uh, uh, Facebook as well. You know, like you can leave a, a, a review and a comment. But I like to read the comments. So if I get a one star review and I've had them, if I get a one star review and there's no comment, I don't even fucking bother looking at it because if if your experience was that bad eating at my establishment, if your fucking experience was that bad that you thought it was one out of five stars, like there had to have been fucking reasons. And the thing is, is that if you can't provide a reason for it, then you're just a fucking asshole. Like you're just an idiot. Like you just want my establishment to look bad. You know, maybe, maybe you work for the competition. I don't fucking know. But if you can't, in my, in my opinion, guys, if you can't leave a fucking comment, then you're not even worth looking at. Then that opinion, that review is just, it's just, uh, fluff. It's just white noise. It's just dead air time. It's just, you know, you got nothing better to do with your fucking time, right? So I would urge all you guys out there that, that, that do have businesses or you are, you know, you're upper management or whatever, and you, or, or even just, you know, all the chefs out there that, you know, they're, they're proud of the kitchen. They're proud of the restaurant, the bistro or wherever you work. Don't be bogged down by the review system, the online review system, because again, it's subjective. It's that one fucking person, you know, and, and particularly if they're not even leaving a review, if they're not even leaving a comment, like if they're literally just taking a shit on your fucking, on your webpage or taking a shit on your restaurants, you know, social media, Facebook or whatever, then fuck them. Because if they can't even provide a reason for, you know, you know, trolling you like that, then fuck them, you know, like they're not worth it. They've got nothing better to do with their time than fucking leave shitty reviews, you know, or leave shitty star ratings and no fucking review, you know. But then going to the next point, uh, if there is a review, I like I read every fucking word, you know, every word because I want to know the reason and then I want to analyze the reason. So if we get a review that's, you know, bad and they say that, uh, they say that, uh, you know, the lamb belly dish or the pork belly, uh, uh, course, yeah, it was a bit too fatty. Then I'm like, are you fucking serious, man? It's fucking pork belly. Of course it's fucking fatty, you know, like, or, um, or, uh, oh, the ceviche, the ceviche was, you know, yeah, it was, it was, you know, a little bit, uh, it was a touch. To, oh, no, yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, we had a uh, risotto dish that had bacalao on it, yeah, like salted cod, yeah? And they said they really enjoyed the, the risotto dish, but, you know, the cod was a bit salty. It's like, of course it's fucking salty. It's salt, it's fucking put in, uh, buried in salt for fucking two hours. Like, of course it's fucking saltier, you know, than, than regular, you know, cod, you know? So, like, those reviews, again, I just, like, brush over it. I'm like, okay, personal opinion. Like, that's their personal palette and everything. But it's important to look at it, guys. I mean, I know it's fucking annoying. And, again, you know, we get, we, we're being judged. We're being fucking scolded. We're being burnt by fucking people out there that know less than we do. But you do have to pay attention to it. Because maybe... Maybe that daring dish that you have that you're really proud of, that's really chefy and it's really out there and amazing, maybe you just need to pull it in a little bit. Like maybe you just, maybe if you get a couple of reviews on that dish that says that, you know, like, oh, that really wasn't for me. Well, maybe you should just tweak the, you know, tweak the seasoning or, or take one component off to, to make it a little bit more approachable to people and then you can go balls deep and fucking, you know, uh, three sheets to the wind and fucking go deep in there, you know, but you need to make it approachable. But so, so, you know, going back to the, is it good or is it bad? Like, I don't like, 
I, I really don't like TripAdvisor. I don't like Yelp. I think it's bullshit because anybody can fucking, you know, tear shreds off your fucking restaurant. But in that regard, if you are doing approachable, honest, good food, good service and everything, then, you know, you, you are, you're going to score well. Like you are going to score well. Like if you, you know, if, if you, if you're ticking the boxes and you're doing the one percenters, you will score well. But, you know, expect that asshole to get on there and fucking troll you. It's so unnecessary because in their opinion, you know, uh, that cut of meat is not worthy of a fucking main course, you know, name or whatever. Like, fuck them, you know. So you gotta you got to take the good with the bad, you know, I think. But with that being said, particularly when we look back at social media, you have the power now to to really put your restaurant and your food out there. Even if you're just a chef and you have a chef profile on Instagram or whatever, if you post regularly and take pictures of your dishes and, and put it out there or even go as far as to you know invest a bit of money in your brand and save a little bit of money for yourself to, to make a page or like a fan page on Facebook and promote a few of your like, uh, uh, like advertise a few, a few excuse me, uh, advertise a few of your dishes then man, like the reach that you can get for a very little amount of money is crazy. You can, you can invest $5 on a Facebook ad and like anywhere from one to 5,000 people can see your food, you know, and, and get your name out there, which is really amazing because back in the old fucking, the old school days, you had to wait until a restaurant critic came into your fucking establishment. So you already had to make enough noise uh, with people so that a restaurant critic would even fucking come in the door to get you more uh, uh, out there in the media or you had to pay massive sums of money to get on radio or get on fucking TV, you know, but now, now you can, you know, have a Facebook page for free and spend $5 and, you know, 5,000 people can see what you do for a living and see your, you know, your amazing creation. So I think that's really, really, really good, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, I think the new school is definitely heading in a much, in my opinion, the new school is definitely heading in a much better direction because the critics and the websites and the review websites, they're not as damaging uh, as as the, the, the newspapers and the, and the food guides used to be because back in the day before the internet, that's all people had. They only had the fucking food guides, you know, so that's why they sunk so many fucking restaurants, which is just fucked up, but now everybody's, you know, got their own opinion and people have more access to it. So they can go there and, and, and eat at the place and make up their own opinion, you know, or they can go on the TripAdvisor and be like, oh, well, you know, this place has had 150 reviews and the average, you know, star ratings fall. Like, why don't we check it out? Like, it looks half decent, you know, like it makes it a lot more approachable. So I think the new school is a much, 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 much better way of doing, uh, going with it. Um, so moving into sort of the last little bit I want to talk about is like, how, how can we deal with all this? Because, you know, the old school uh, uh, printed media, newspapers, magazines um, is still around and obviously the new school still uh, moving forward. So how do you deal with all this? How do you cover all your bases so that you don't get fucking trolled on any one of these fucking, you know, uh, platforms, you know? And the biggest advice I can give guys, which is one that I've had from the very beginning, I've worked, uh, you know, I've worked in very simple places. I've worked in very high end places where we know who, you know, we know that there's a restaurant critic from the fucking good food guide sitting on table five and everyone's freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, why? 
You know, like the guy does have a lot of pull, but then again, if we have a big enough following on fucking Facebook and Instagram, we don't need the fucking good food guide. Like not as many people are reading the good food guide as they were fucking 20 years ago. We don't fucking need that shit. So that's not to sound arrogant, but to get to my point is that we should be treating him or her just like we're treating every other guest, guys. Like you should be treating that person just like every other guest in the restaurant. And a quick note on the side, good restaurant quit, uh, good restaurant critics, they notice that shit. They notice when you're giving them extra treatment and that's why you get a shitty mark in their book, yeah? So any of you people out there that know, oh, yeah, fuck, um, yeah, we've got a critic coming in tomorrow night or you see a critic walk through your door tonight, treat them like every other fucking guest in the building, and I guarantee you, you're going to get a better review than you did when you fucking put five waiters on his or hers table and fucking went bonkers in the kitchen. Like, that's that's a little bit of uh, advice from my point of view. But just treat everyone the same. Like, if you treat every guest the same, and 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 going back to what I was really stressing in the last episode, quality over quantity. So if you do quality over quantity you know, you're going to get a much bigger restaurant following and you're not going to need to rely on guidebooks and you're not going to need to rely on, on, on websites to leave you good reviews because all the local people that maybe don't give a fuck about the websites, they're going to keep coming back and you're going to keep the doors open and everybody's going to love you, love what you do, you know? Um, you know, the, this, uh, this, uh, uh, the opposite of, here's a little story, um, from a restaurant that I worked at. Um, that is a prime example of not treating every guest the same. So I was working in a restaurant in Scandinavia and uh, it was the quiet time of the year and it was a very remote location. And uh, going into winter season, um, you know, this was the first restaurant I ever worked at that did zeros. Like that, a big financial backer, big financial backer, big investors, a uh, big company in the background just throwing cash at this place because they wanted it to be a Michelin star restaurant. It is a Michelin star restaurant now. They got one star. But back then they didn't have any stars, right? And uh, we got wind that uh, on one day we had uh, one guest booked in, a table of one. You know, it was an American name. So the, the, the maitre d', the restaurant manager, did the, the, the research on this one guy and found out that he was a journalist, a food critic for the New York Times. And it was like, fuck, the New York Times are coming in tonight. Shit, like, you know, we've only got, uh, he's the only booking for tonight. Like, fuck, like, you know, it's, and it's the wrong time of the year for him to come in. Like, winter's starting to set in, you know. We're not really doing any bookings. Fuck, 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 fuck. Everyone's freaking out. And I'm just sitting there like, what's the big deal? Like, now, like, he gets you know, like the all-star treatment of having five chefs in the kitchen, three waiters on the floor to look after him. Like we should be able to blow this out of the park, right? But instead of doing that, instead of focusing on quality over quantity, the restaurant decided to more or less rent a crowd for the night. So the restaurant manager and the head chef, everybody invited their friends and family. So it looked like we were a busy, bustling restaurant. Uh, I think uh, the restaurant could seat about 25 people. And I think we ended up doing about, I don't know, 15 or 16 guests that night, even though only one of them was paying (laughs) um, to make it look like, you know, a happening restaurant, you know? And the problem with that is that You know, I mean, no restaurant should ever struggle to do 16 guests. But the problem with that is that you're setting yourself up for a poor review because now you're still going to put all your focus on that one guest, 
but there's going to be more guests, you know, sitting in the restaurant. So you're going to put more pressure on the kitchen and the floor staff to perform because you've got all these other orders coming in, yeah, and and, and, and if you prioritise this uh, uh, critic, which we did, and some of the tables waited quite a long time uh, uh, to to get their next course, but everyone was like, oh, fuck it, they're not paying anyways, like, fuck them, you know, and it's like, the critic's going to notice it, guys, like, for fuck's sake, you know, and it was just, I, it was a real eye-opener for me, because I was like, fucking hell, like, we're going to, we're going to waste so much food and beverage tonight, and lose so much money tonight, just so this, you know, critic from the, the New York Times can look around and be like, oh, well, this is a pretty popular place, huh? Like, there's, there's plenty of people here. When that was so wrong and couldn't be more incorrect, it was like, fuck it, no. It was crazy. I, I've never seen anything like it, you know? And, and I just think it's insane because, you know, I've, I've done zeros in my restaurant. I've done uh, nights in my restaurant where we do a table of one, you know, but that guest had a, you know, near-perfect experience. And I've done nights in the restaurant, you know, I've got 52 seats to fill every night and I've done nights where we do four and two and eight and ten but all those guests got near perfect experiences and that's why now we're almost full every night because those people went away happy and then they've brought their friends back so you know I can't you know I can't you know I'll I'll probably get it tattooed on my fucking body one day quality over quantity but you know when it comes to the media and how you're seen in the media you know no one, no one is ever going to put a review on Facebook or no one's ever going to put a review on, on, on Yelp or fucking TripAdvisor and say, oh my God, sublime experience, but I don't know if I'll go back because I was the only one in the restaurant. You know, like it doesn't have an impact. They're going to go on, on, the, on the review site and they're going to say, oh my God, sublime experience, fantastic food. Uh, fantastic drinks, fantastic service, cannot re- recommend it enough. I couldn't believe there wasn't more people in there. You know, everyone's got to go and try it. And then all of a sudden, that'll have a, po- a positive impact and people will come in, you know? So, like, you know, it's it's a good thing, guys. It's a good thing, you know? Like, so, you know, I would say, you know, embrace it. You're going to have to embrace it. You're going to have to embrace the media and everything, but, you know, just treat everyone the same. Treat every guest like a restaurant critic and you'll be fine, you know? So far, we've been in business a year and we've done very well and I'm very happy with the direction that we're going in because I treat everybody the same. You know, we've had fantastic reviews. We've had a couple of bad ones, of course, like every other, like every place does, but we've had plenty of really, really good feedback and really good reviews and that's because we treat everybody equal, you know? And, that's, you know, that's sort of my 10 cents worth on, on, on the whole of everything, guys, is that, you know, there's still those old school critics and there's still those people that read those old school magazines and they're not going to come your, to your restaurant. But what would you prefer? Would you prefer people that are willing to try your new take or your uh, traditional take on whatever the fuck your concept is or your, your cooking style? Or would you rather people come in that are expecting something that you're not, you know, like what would you prefer? I mean, me personally, I prefer guests that I know I can fucking please and make happy and that they're going to come back again. So, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's a good and, and it's a bad thing. But at the end of the day, guys, you know, you, like, you're all good chefs out there. You know, all of you know what good food is. And so long as you know in your heart that you're, you're putting everything into it and that you're making good food, that's all that fucking matters. Because in the long run, the guests will come, you know, the, 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 the people will want to come back and come back and come back and eat your food because what you're doing is a fucking fantastic job, you know? So all I can say at the end of the day is don't read too much into it. It's good to keep an eye on it, 
But at the end of the day, fuck it. You know what I mean? I, I know that I know that I'm putting everything I have into this, and I and you know I've been around long enough that you know. I have a rough idea what good food tastes like and I think my food tastes pretty good and and so do the you know so does the full house that I've had the last you know couple of months you know because we're in peak season so you know just stay true to yourself guys and and and, and don't don't get uh, uh, bogged down and carried away with the noise and the reviews and everything because you're only going to lose sleep over it which in turn will will damage what what you know you're good at and will affect what you're good at so you know that's my little opinion today, guys, on uh, on the media and whether it's good or bad and what to what to look out for. And 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 I hope that I've given you you know a little bit of an insight, and I hope that maybe I've cleared a few things up for you, or you know maybe I haven't. And if I haven't, or if I haven't covered the topic enough, you know, let me know. Um, but I but I hope that it's I hope that it's helped, and I hope it, it brings value to uh, to to what we're doing every day, which is at the end of the day. You know, we're just looking at making, you know, making people happy and, and, and giving people an amazing experience and so that they come back and appreciate the, the love that we have for uh, what we do, you know. So um, that's about that, guys. That's about it. Uh, I'm going to sign off now and, um, yeah, just keep on crushing it. I hope you have an awesome dinner service or an awesome service if you're listening to this pre-service or I hope you've had a fucking awesome day kicking ass and I hope you've got a beer in your hand and you're having a fucking good time after service and you're just chilling out, yeah. So... Take it easy, guys, and I'll talk to you again in the next episode. Cheers. Hey, Warriors, if you enjoyed listening to today's episode and topic as much as I did making it, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. It really means a lot. Uh, to to me and it really gives me inspiration to keep on going with this uh, let me know what you think send me some comments you know give me some love uh, let me hear what's going on in your life let me hear if this helped you if you think it fucking didn't help you <laughs> anything's always positive I'm always welcome to feedback uh, be sure to review the podcast uh, if you can if you like it and um that makes a lot of difference and really inspires me to keep on going. Head on over to the Facebook page, uh, Kitchen Warriors. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, it is uh, kitchen underscore warriors underscore store. And be sure to check out the website, which is www.kitchen-warriors.com. That's www.kitchen-warriors.com. And we'll see you in the next episode. Keep on crushing it, Warriors.